You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, where we go deep into the minds of real estate professionals. Here are your hosts, Paul and Sal. Good morning, everyone. Paul Apostolakis here, Salvatore Kuzmano. Good morning. Brad. What up? Stop it. Uh, special guest in the studio today, Brandon Gentili from the Legacy Group, excuse me, uh, in Clarkston. Um, how are you, sir? Good. Yeah. Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Look good. Thank you. So, Brandon. Got ready for you guys. Too. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> Your, the product is great. I know, today, right? The product. Yeah. Thank There's you for saying point. product, by the way. Product. Yeah, you don't yeah. say product, you don't know style. You don't or know hair or anything. Yeah. You got great product, brother. Oh, I love that. So, uh, Brandon is a uh, ex hockey player. I, mean, I think this is interesting because I think people that are competitive do well in, in the world. You played for the U.S. national team, you played for Michigan State. Uh, so obviously you played hockey at a high level, right? Mm-hmm. Probably got your ass kicked a few times. Probably kicked some ass a few times. Few times. Yeah, a little more addition out than taking. You dished it out. A little, a little bit more. Dish it out. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit more. I, I wouldn't want to fight you. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Next thing you know, my shirt's over my head. I'm getting pummeled to the ground with one arm. Like, it was, dude, you know what's okay? So this is really funny. Just... Really, this is really funny. I I was very physical as a defenseman. Very physical. Like you think of like '90s hockey. Like you yeah. think of like just you know like you, you want drag to smash out, people. You know, yeah, like brawls, things like that. That stuff happened, but like I was a kid growing up then, obviously. But that's how I played. Just very physical, like Scott Stevens style. Like you think of like when yeah. you played in the '95 Finals, like just crushing guys, you yeah, know, knocking guys up. That was me hitting people. But when I got older and we eventually started fighting, I got into my fair share of fights. But boy, did I suck at fighting. He did. Like the the thing is, if to become a great fighter, you have to be able to take a punch. That's yeah, it. I don't want to like, do that. All of us can sit here and get in a fight and throw punches. Everyone can throw punches. Yeah. Who can take the punch is yeah. who wins the fight. That's the one thing I learned very quickly. I'd be big. I was remember this one guy. He was like native or something like that, or like from like one of the I think Canadian provinces or something like that. This kid was five six five seven. He would throw a hundred punches. You could hit him two hundred times, and he'd be laughing in your face. I saw him fight guys six five. Really? Oh yeah, and take him down. Everything. Wow. It's all about who can yeah. who can take that punch. It's That's easy it. to get caught. Yes. Right? That's oh, it. And you get gosh. caught and you can't handle it. Yes. You're That's it's, a good analogy damn. for life, dude. Honestly, <laughs> honestly if you can can't take, a punch. take a punch, you're probably not going to do well in, in much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I get kicked in the nuts a lot. If you can't take a couple L's, you're going to not have a great career. Absolutely. Right. You, you got to be able to take the yeah. L's. So we I should mean, do a weekly just like, yeah, roll with the punches, the like you they do. say, right? You got to take That's it. where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brandon, tell us a little bit about your background, man. Obviously, you're, you're a real estate agent. You're a great real estate agent. You've got a great team out there in uh, Clarkson. But tell me how you got into the business, how, uh, you know, how you've been doing, right? Just give me some history on yourself, yeah. man. So uh, you kind of mentioned you got to talk into the mic, brother. <laughs> Put it in your into mouth. the front. <laughs> I know. I'm a very active yeah. talker. Yeah. You're all over the place. All over the place. Um, so I mean, it really started, like you mentioned hockey. I mean, that's really where most of my life has been is the hockey rink, the hockey arena. And I was playing that for years, ended up getting hurt towards the end of my career, having some issues. My NHL draft years actually like blew up my groins, just oh. really started to do to real things. All of them, both, all groins, both sides, oh. all of them. Yeah. Jesus. And so I really started to get messed up about 17 years old, senior when I was at the U S program actually. And then it just it took me years to kind of figure out, you know, hey, this is this is not good. And uh, I ended up getting fixed. I was at Michigan State. And I'm getting fixed like a year and a half later, finally getting surgery and everything. And oh, yeah. It not took like forever. Fixed, like a dog. No, not like a dog. Not like a dog or cat. <laughs> yeah. um, close, in. though. I mean, same kind of region. <laughs> yeah. Very close. I got, I got the mesh in my stomach. A couple inches like of the oh, blade. Yeah. One, one, exactly. Yeah. So I end up, you know, playing at State, playing in the minors for a while, and then end up getting some concussions from getting hit stuff yeah. like that and it really 
then you start as an athlete. I got hurt. First time I ever got hurt when I was 18, 17, 18. And then I started having the head injuries when I was, you know, 23, 24. And then you start doing a lot of thinking. And this is around the time of it's a lot of the concussion stuff, yeah, right? And this right. was 2010, 11, around that, where it really started to kind of take off mm-hmm. all this concussion stuff. People were killing themselves, things like that. So I did a lot of thinking and praying, just like, what, do, what am I doing? You know, right. like, what should I be doing? And it took about a year. And I loved real estate. I loved, I loved politics and history and law and all this stuff. And uh, I went to school for those things, quickly got out of both of those majors, building construction <laughs> management and political science, because I realized when I got there, you get into class and you're like, this is not what I thought was fun about real estate or politics or history or anything yeah. or law. So I'm like out, you know, like I'm, yeah. this is, I want to do my own thing, not have some professor tell me, you know, right. oh, this is how the, you know, yeah. so Bullshit. typical, I still don't know what I want to do in life. You know, College typical, joke. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a, there's your second podcast right there. I've done a whole <laughs> lot of you know, <laughs> right. bullshit. Oh, it's very strong. Very strong. Oh, so, um, so anyway, so, you know, that's happening. I'm thinking, you know, so then I'm just like, you know what? I, I've got to stop this. I take a year off. Basically, I stop playing hockey. Somewhat cold turkey. I mean, I had my fair share of injuries, like I was saying. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people and probably my friends, friends and family, people close to me were just like, OK, like, you know, he's got to get his head right and just never went back. And it was just like kind of doing a year of thinking. And boy, do I love hockey. Like it's, you know, you grow up your entire life, mm-hmm. like, you know, shooting pucks. I joke with people all the time and I have some younger, you know, siblings and cousins and, you know, like, well, you know, what do you, you know, how did you, how can you shoot like that? How can you, how do you do that? And it was like, man, I've spent hours in the driveway, spent shooting 500 pucks a day in the driveway in the summer. All this, and I was doing the math. I'm like, I probably shot 70 to a hundred thousand pucks a summer. And they're like, sitting, I'm like, what? That's a lot. Like, are bro. you kidding yeah. me? I was like, dude, that's what it takes. That's what it takes right. to be successful is repetition is doing it over and over and over again. And I think about like that passion of doing that and then having to give that up. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it's, it's very real though. The concussion thing is very real. Having had that happen, nothing major, but I had some that were like successive, very close to each other yeah. where I never got like, I wasn't blacked out on the ice, things like that. But I had a, I have had three within probably a month span. That's a lot where you, and when you're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're more susceptible. Every time you get hit, you're more susceptible. So your just, brain's bruised. Exactly. Bro. Yeah. And it's, you start thinking about this stuff. And then I really started thinking about all the people. And we were talking off air before we started, I did a lot of, you know, that I was very physical growing up. I, You're the th- grinder, dude. Yeah, and I thought about a lot of people I hurt growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're on someone's list we, somewhere. Exactly. And when and so when you start as an athlete thinking and hesitating like that, you're done. You're done. You know, bro. you're done. Yeah. And it took me yeah. a few years to kind of figure that stuff out. Yeah. I look back, I'm like, boy, oh, boy. Like, I was done a while before I ever quit. You yeah. know, it was just like it, my everything kind of caught up, the heart and the mind, everything kind of caught up together finally mm-hmm. at one point. I was just like, all right, like, this is not good. I'm hesitating. I'm not playing. I'm not being who I am. So at that point, it's just like, all right, I gotta, I've got to make a switch. So, you know, long story short, I, uh, you know, take a year off, basically, kind of figure out what's going on, who I am, and then soul I, searching, soul searching, yeah. true soul searching for sure. And, and then I, I get into real estate. I love real estate. I love real estate investing. You know, all that stuff. And so I get into realty. With my, my, my wife now, but my then girlfriend and my mother were really the ones that were like pushing me, like just get into realty, like just do it. Like you want to be in that arena anyway, just do it. Yeah. So I ended up, you know going to some investor meetings around here and talking to a bunch of people and ended up joining uh, Keller Williams five, six years ago. I can't remember now. Um, and so I think six years ago, uh, coming up six years. And so I went there and then kind of the rest is history and just started, you know, you get into real estate and it's like, boy, oh boy, they have no idea what the hell you're doing. Yeah. You know, like no idea what's lost. going on. Lost. Completely just, lost. Yeah. There's no training, no nothing, you know, yeah. even, even here's a phone, Williams, bro. Right. Yeah. yeah here's, here's a phone. phone here's a, where's your database? Yeah. You know, like, so 
learning very fast, you know, or, or you're dead, right? So just getting to that, and here we are six years later. I have a, a team now, and there's six of us, and um, it's fun. I mean, it's it's a blast. So, so how, how do you translate that work ethic? Because, like, you hear about the greats, right? Like the repetition of shooting that many pucks. Or, Tiger. Or every, right, shoot, yeah. right. hitting that many tee uh, shots or hitting that many free throws, just repetition, repetition. How do you translate that into starting a new career in real estate? What What is the repetition or – what do you do every day to help make you successful? Because obviously you're successful. Um, well, I think it's due to his work ethic. But right? what yeah, what what is it that that sets you apart, or what is it that you practice on on a daily? So, honestly, consistency, like you said, I mean, consistency of whatever it is. And at the moment, I'm I love studying and researching things. So the last few years, it's been a lot of social media, digital marketing. So I, I live up north more even to where I work. So my, my wife's from Saginaw. We live in between, basically. So I have to commute a lot, or, well, every day, to come down a lot every day. Um, I have to commute down. And then a lot of times I find myself in places even south of where I work, which like is, here. yeah, like Royal Oak, yeah. like, you we know, wherever. Today. Well, yeah. Um, and, and then I'm driving an hour back, maybe hour and 10 minutes back home every night. So I learned very quickly, you know, being a very... Uh, you know, family oriented person. I don't want to, you know, like, like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? He's going to be, he, you know, I grind 16, 18 hours a day, 16 hours a day. He's fine with that. His wife's fine. His kids are fine with that. I'm not, you know, like I want to grind my face off and be work hard and work smart. So it was like, how do I start leveraging myself? And he, he works smart too. I don't get me wrong. I mean, he obviously works very smart. It's, it's a very, yeah. he's an animal. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's the unicorn, right? Yeah. And, and I, um, that's not how I want my family to be. I want to be with my around my kids a little bit more. Things yeah, like the world that. you want to build exactly. Yeah. And and I think there's a lot of us like that. And he again, again, he is a unicorn. So I looked at that and I was like, you know, probably four or five years ago, I was like, what, you know, social media, you know, like it, it was like that's how to leverage and be. Because I was doing all these networking meetings and things like that, and I have to be there. I physically have to be there, and you can only do so many. Right. So it was like, mm-hmm. how can I start leveraging myself and and getting into more places at once without having to be there. What was social media? You know, it was Facebook, and then lives came out a year later, and things like that, and in Periscope at the time, and right. YouTube, and so how can I start being in more places at once? I love it. Well, our business, right? Like, and the repetition, I think, is uh, we're a contact sport, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out how many people can you hit in a day and be efficient, right? Exactly. Whether it's one post that goes out to eight thousand yes. people, whether it's you know, I need to call eighty realtors today, yep. right? Or I need yep. to call one hundred. Of my past clients, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all activity. what you do it's in that day, activity, right? That activity, yeah, and uh, getting out and, and basically contacting people. So I yes. think that's kind of our grind. That's our puck shooting. That's our yeah. How many oh, shots exactly. of gold do you have today? Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. Yeah, and I, I thank you for wrapping that up, Sal, because I had never really answered the question. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you put it out there, right? I have a tendency I mean, to do that. One of my partners, Aaron, we will. <laughs> We'll go on tangents. And it's just like I don't even know where this started. A lot of brains, yeah. and no one even answered right. the question. Yeah. So what happens that. with our podcast? A lot. It happens <laughs> a lot. Speaking of which, I wanted to get into the topics that we're going to talk about today. Uh, there's three main topics I want to talk about. The one overriding thing that's happening today is the Fed is meeting. Uh, okay. It's a big meeting, so we'll get into that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the former bank rate CEO just got ten years C- CFO. Sorry, CFO for cooking the books to the tune of twenty five million. Uh, he pled guilty. That's going to happen way more. 
Dude, we'll talk Barclays, about Barclays, yeah. UBS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the one more thing is uh, Caldwell Banker is doing this thing where they're buying houses directly from the consumer and then trying to resell it on the back market, which a lot of people are doing. Zillow, and we'll get, we'll get into that. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the overriding theme today. I think it's really important, Sal. You're, you're really freaked out by what's happening. You're pacing back and forth. The Fed is meeting today. Um, I want the audience to understand the Fed meeting today isn't isn't different because we already know there's a 95% chance they're raising rates. That's that's done and baked into the market. We got to talk about that. People are like, oh, rates are going to go up. That's already been baked in. We know that's happening. The market's expecting it. What is going to be potentially a market mover is is what they say of the policy going forward. You know, it's funny. It's the meeting's a meeting, right? But it's everyone who's interpreting it. They're like TMZ. They right? look at every word. Yeah. They throw. They they yeah. They'll they'll look at some words and then they'll throw out you know their interpretation they're or dumbish. some article. They're hawkish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something's gonna happen. Like like they, and they they have to be very careful because if the Fed says one thing wrong, if they say like not wrong, but they have to be very very calculated in the minutes and the words that they the use. words that they choose. Yeah. Because everything will be interpreted and they can't go back on that. Right. Exactly. If they say, well, we're kind of thinking about raising rates one more time this year, the the the, the, the market will go into a tizzy because that is not what they're expecting. Right. Well, I think they're going to say they're going to raise them, but every time they do, typically rates kind of jump down. Right, and this is the first time because the markets in September I think are usually down, and they're up, right? So now with that plus an interest rate rise, it's kind of like what's going to happen. So yeah, the the whole thing that they're talking about is right now they they feel like the economy is doing really really well, right? Yeah. So because it's doing really well, they feel like they can be more aggressive on the interest rate rising, uh, interest rates going up. They feel like we've been too low for too long. Uh, and that's that's kind of to be expected, but but people are going to be hanging on every word. Watch, yeah. watch the market, watch the news that comes out after this meeting. It's going to be a dissection of every word. Well, it's going to be crazy. If you're in the mortgage mm-hmm. business, that ten years up on your screen all day, being refreshed all day, probably today. I mean, for sure. And to be honest, to the people listening out there, it's not like all of a sudden you're gonna your rate's going to be a quarter point higher. It's like, hey, instead of costing no points, it might cost a quarter point. Yeah, right. so it's really not that the, big of a deal. The quarter point, right. but th- there's a difference. So the audience understands a point of a, of a, in a mortgage terms is is uh, like one point is one percent of a loan amount, right? In cost. So something might go up twenty five basis points, which is a quarter, but your rate won't go yeah. up a quarter. On a hundred thousand dollar loan, that means that it costs you an extra two fifty. Two fifty at closing, right? So yeah, it's so. not it's not that big. Or you might get a two hundred fifty dollar credit just depending on the meeting goes. So you know it's it's hard to say and it's hard to speculate, but ultimately it's not like. Oh my God! You know the world, the the sky's falling, or or you know the the pastures have opened up for for either way. I oh, mean, look, it's, it's r- not that big. Brandon, of a deal you've now. seen this. Rates have gone up, right? Mm-hmm. They have gone up. They were at one point three years ago, maybe three point eight seven five on a thirty year. Now we're talking about close to five time lows. Exactly. Right? Now yeah, we're, yeah. but people are still buying houses, yeah. and and realistically, yeah, and I don't know if you have this conversation yeah. with people. The price of money is still cheap. Oh, yeah, it's still historically, cheap. Historically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pe- exactly. I promise you, absolutely. Five years from now, ten years from now, people will look back on these rates and say, "Man, I got a good rate." Yeah. Right? How do you see 100%. that correlating in the market right now? Um, as far as do you hear people like scared, like the "Hey, man, I, I don't know if I want to buy right now because of the rates." Do you hear that? I haven't heard that personally no, yet. Really, um, I think that just overall, I mean, looking at the data every single month, we do our market updates, send them out, you know, do whatever, and do that every month. <laughs> I mean, there's been a little bit of a slowdown. Like just this past month was the first time over the last two years that the numbers have basically changed where there was more home, more inventory. Inventory was. Yeah, yeah. 
the list time last year, yeah. which that's the first time in probably 12 to 18 mm-hmm. months I've seen that. The trajectory has been down. It's been less every month compared to the year prior mm-hmm. for at least maybe two years. But it really. changed overnight. It almost. changed overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Like really, but it's funny because like it's hard to tell because it happened in August, which we all know is a very weird time anyway. Correct. So you don't know. I mean, if it would have happened starts. in July, we'd be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? But right. you can't tell almost what happened. So it will be interesting the next month or two to see what happens with the, the Fed doing their thing, but also what's really going on at the market. Was it just the August weird slowdown right. school thing or like was it something But dude, else? here's so, what I'll tell you. We, we haven't been seasonal for the last couple of years where mm-hmm. like the seasons didn't matter. Right. This season matters much. Uh, yeah. It, it mattered, yeah. right? School started. People slowed down. Yep. I feel like we're just back to being seasonal. I do believe, uh, and this is my, my, my if everything's good with the jobs and, and the economy, we're going to have a strong spring again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I personally believe with rates where they're at today, between now and the spring is a great time to buy. Inventory's up, and you as a buyer have way more power. Tell me that your buyers aren't getting huge. seller oh, concessions yeah. now oh, yeah. as compared to before. And their listings aren't selling as fast. Right. So they've got more leverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, hey, yeah. this has been in the market 30 days. I'm right. Like, yes. What's the price? I've seen a couple of contingent offers. You're going into the winter. Market. You don't want your yeah. house sitting on the market over the winter. Right. So talk uh-huh. about that. Go back to what you just yeah. said. So uh, contingent offers, which yeah. never which happened. haven't seen those in a while. You know, I mean, what, five, six, eight, 12 months? So explain what a contingent offer is. Contingent offer is the buyers coming in, they've got to sell their home and they need those funds to close on that new home that they're buying. So we just, like this week, we had three listings go up and like two of them have contingent offers. Like, I haven't seen those. Like, yeah. Literally haven't seen those in months and so, months. So the audience understands. Well, I, I oh, think we've seen them. They just haven't been considered. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. Yeah. You exactly. Know? exactly. So we have, so like, we just, they don't get accepted. Yeah. Exactly. So those people who Correct. had to sell their home that couldn't, <laughs> yes. right? Because it's like, dude, we, we just can't buy. Now it's, yep. now it's the time if you have a home to sell. Yeah. Now is the time to buy too because you can now get that everyone's in the same boat. And, and that's a great point because we I probably had I was just telling someone yesterday, we probably have twelve to fifteen sellers this year that ended up not selling. Because inevitably, if you're doing your advisor thing and, and telling the truth and you want to do that for your clients, obviously you'd have to talk about, hey, you want to sell your home, but you gotta jump in this buyer market now. So twelve a dozen or so people were like, hey, you know what? I, I get it, Brandon, like we're just not gonna sell. They didn't have to. So now, like you were saying, like this is a great time if you did want to sell to yeah. still get that equity and yeah. now jump into the market where, hey, yeah, you're not more fighting leverage. with 100 yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. If you were in that boat, you should probably reconsider uh, looking again at yeah. least and see yeah, what's exactly. out there. Definitely reconsider. Because now yeah. you can get your offer accepted. Yep. It's a diff- It's a it's a healthier market. We're back to kind of a normal, mm-hmm. I think, because just so the audience understands, the reason contingent offers weren't being accepted is because if I have 15 offers in front of me and 10 of them are contingent on the sale of another house, but I got five that have no contingencies. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the five. So people were not winning these, these, these off, their, their, their offers weren't being accepted <laughs> because if you're contingent, I can go to the guy that's not contingent that's giving me the same amount of money, right? With a higher ch- probability of closing. Well, yeah, and I think right. it was kind of sparked by, uh, I don't want to say hyperinflation, but definitely a, a quick inflation of home prices yeah. that sparked a lot of sellers to sell. Right. Yeah. And grab that equity while they could. Yep. So speaking of that, are you seeing um, more home price? The, the inflation still going up. Are you seeing it leveling off? Or are you seeing it come down? Honestly, I mean, we've been because I'm sure you know you're, the last six eight months you could get away with you know pricing that home just a tad higher and it, hey things would work out. But right now, appraisal I mean, guarantees. Things yeah, like that. I mean it's all gone. Bro. I told everyone this past week or two we had a bunch go live, a couple more going this week, and. Like we got a price right at fair market value. You're seeing reductions yeah. now, yeah, all over the Actually, place. Yep, you're seeing 100%. price reductions. People are like, "Oh, I want yep. 200k from my right. house." Yep. Well, that's not there. You got to you got to take one exactly. Well, and you know, I see more frequently appraisal. Like all summer, I was like, 
appraisals are coming in pretty decent, you know. Mm-hmm. But now that that turn happened, it's like, hey, appraisal came in five grand light, ten grand. I want to come a thousand dollars light. That's thousand? I've only seen that one time. I, think. <laughs> I had one two K light last <laughs> week. You're an I asshole was... if you're an appraiser. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on, come on, appraisers right? out there. If it's a G off, bro, uh, come yeah. on, man, make Seriously. it happen. It's a G. Either make it five or like yeah, exactly. Make the adjustment. Yeah, do it. You know that appraiser is like a pain in the ass. Uh, two, yeah, I believe it's uh, two fifty eight five. It's like I had one come in like two fifty eight five hundred. It was literally like two hundred sixty three thousand six hundred two dollars. He like, what? Like why? Why would you do that? Guy's just a dick. Yeah, you're just a dick. Uh, over I, it dude. is. It's All so right. true, though. All right. So obviously oh, the Fed, man. the Fed is meeting today. We, I mean, it's gonna be very interesting to see what they. This one say. feels different. It feels different. Yeah. It feel. It feels like there's way more uncertainty. Like, a lot of know, uncertainty. Normally, I feel like we have a pretty good handle on. It's either we're gonna see a retraction because it's an overestimate. Right? It's already built in, or we're gonna see a, an initial gut. Actually, it feels up. like every single one. I think it feels a little more uncertain. Like I, don't, I think it sounds such a contrarian. Way. Well, I, I think like every time we're like, I don't know, man. Fed meeting, right? And I always call everyone, and we lock down. You're and always then like that. It's like, boom, you know. And and again, it's not like they would have saved the world, but it's like, hey, you, m- you might save two, three hundred bucks, right? Right. So, yeah, that's good though. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and give you my prediction. I just think it's a good we'll, thing we'll, to put out there. If you want to lock your rate, think about it, yeah. right? It's a good thing you to communicate to buyers. Right. You roll the, the dice every day. You want the ball in their court. Hey, right. you want to lock? I'm gonna get, let's do a quick prediction. I want everybody to give their prediction. My prediction is that the that the market has already priced everything in, and they've actually overreacted. And the Fed meetings will be not as as uh, the the minutes will not be as like scary, and we will actually see rates go down a little bit. That's what I my hope. gut says too, but I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, would you up or down? Uh, I'm I'm just I'm rolling the dice. You're rolling the dice. I think you I, know. Yeah, I think it's going up. I think it. I think it ultimately has to because truly, this is what kind of recovery is this? We printed how much money? Four trillion. You know, last but what I will say though, if you look at if you look at it's got to go down at some point. It's going to have to. You know, so I think it's already built into Paul's point. I think they've been raising uh, the markets have been reacting, building up to this, and I think they've overreacted, building up to it. I don't think think it can go small relief, much higher, but then it'll continue to rise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I think it needs to be slower than because I mean, dude, rates have gone up. I think uh, 0.88% in interest rate I was looking yesterday yeah. from last year. And I mean, that's that's a, almost a percent jump in a year, which, but hey, but I think that's healthy. healthy. I think that's healthy it's as been long gradual, as it continues yeah. like that. But if today all of a sudden it jumps up another quarter point, right, I think that's knee-jerk one. Yeah, and I don't two, think that'll happen. Uh, to your point, I think it's already been built in. I think it's like, hey, things are on the path. Right, they're but going to continue at this. Word, but one wrong one word, word. yeah, would change everything. <laughs> you know, it'd be, be really interesting if <clears throat> if we had if we just didn't even have the Federal Reserve. What? I mean, what? Would it, what? 1913. <laughs> why did we, why did we create that? You guys, have you guys read the creature from Jekyll Island? No, that oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's about read. the Federal Reserve and how it was created, and how they just jammed it down there. Will you throat, send basically. me the name of that book, Absolutely. and then I, I want to like read it because it sounds Absolutely. like really an interesting. Yep. How big is the book? That's is it available? On it's audio? not. It's not that hard to read, though. Kind of, it kind of reads like a murder mystery. In is a it way. an audio? Can I do an audio? Yeah, uh, I believe so. Okay, they're on like the fifth edition. It's from like ninety two. Okay, but G. Edgar, G. Edgar Griffin is probably the best. There's a Fed Up is another one. Uh, Daniel D. Martino Booth, who worked for like the Dallas Fed. She is. 
Dude, she, for for a hockey player, you're pretty smart. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> hey, we don't get a lot of downtime when you play. When you're an when you're an athlete, you got a lot of downtime. That's, that's you you go practice, you know, for four yeah. hours a day, and then the rest of the day was yours. Just so the so, audience knows, we don't get many smart people in here. A lot of researching. <laughs> oh boy, we get all kinds of crazy stuff: gold and silver, crypto. Uh, let's everything. talk about crypto. I, I know. Yeah. Oh, everything. We can get everything. That, so really quick, though, that, I think that'll be interesting in the next six months, though, to see what happens with some of the crypto trading desks that are coming out. Like like you have Jamie Dimon saying, oh, like downplaying it, but yet Chase is building crypto desks, stuff like that. Crypto it, is going to change the market, oh, yeah. but only because of the blockchain the technology. The blockchain. Yeah. The actual blockchain. currency value of it. I don't who think, knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But I think but the like, actual technology. Blockchain. Yep. We could do a whole show on it. Absolutely. So next Let's talk about Let's Can we talk about the next topic? We got to move on a little bit. That's what I was going to say. Thank you. I appreciate Appreciate that. Appreciate you taking this. <laughs> God, I hate your face, uh, man. So, uh, wrote him to the ground. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this. Former Bankrate CFO gets 10 years for cooking the books to the tune of 25 million. Let me read this. Back in June, Edward Di Maria pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to make false statements in a pub to a public company's accountants, falsify a public company's books, records, and accounts, and commit securities fraud. Plus, one count of making material, materially false claims to the Securities and Exchange Commissions. That's a big deal. And I don't think anybody's ever t- like talked about it. This dude who – Bankrate's a pretty big company, right? I mean they, they do a lot of things. If you go, ever go to their website, a lot of lenders go there yeah. to post their rates. And it's, it's a pretty big company. I, you want to know my theory on this? <clears throat> this guy didn't act alone. I no, feel like he's, he's, well, there's another guy named in there that got 60 months. Yeah, he's getting smashed, though, because he's the one oh, that yeah. pulled the trigger, right? For so sure. so I think this happens a lot in, in oh. businesses where – and I think we're going to potentially see more of this. This is just the guy that got caught, Yeah, right? This is just the guy that like – That's the cool thing about technology. Like people – like it's the whole like you know me too, all that, and like, hey, right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there's going to be a lot of bad people that go down because of technology. Yeah. We, we so, hear about yeah. the bad stuff now, mm-hmm. and you can't hide anymore. No, bro. You can't no. hide. No, it's so all people over. like this, this is going to happen more but I guarantee and more. You, he, like, more and more. To, to your point, he wasn't acting alone. There was, there was definitely pressure coming from, from someone up. Making him want to do that, and right? he's the one that got hundred percent. I think the one to myself too. It's like, man, how easy would it have been to cook the books in like the fifties, right? Exactly. Oh yeah, like, oh. exactly. It's all pen and paper, like pencil and paper. Like I just heard a, a stat man, that it's like a ledger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a ledger. Well, my, I heard my buddy John there. sends me over. Uh, you know, hey, here's your tax payment for the next year. I'm like. Hey man, hey, Johnny boy. Johnny. He's like, Come on. Come on. He's yeah. like, dude, shut, shut Come up. Come on. Dude. No, I, I heard a stat the other day, though. It was, um, I can't remember where it was, but it was just talking about, you know, crime, but not crime, but like, you know, abduction, child. You know how you, we hear about that stuff all the time. Someone's abducted. Someone, you know, we hear about that, but the stat is so crazy. When you hear it, you're like, oh my gosh. It's like, you know, 90% less than it was 50, 60 years ago. We just know about it. We just everything. know about it now. Yeah, and right. that's what's crazy. Like, it's yeah. safer now, 100 times more safer to send your kid down to the store to go grab something on their bike than yeah. it was when our parents were growing up. Well, think about milk. The only way you knew someone got abducted was your milk carton. Exactly. You get two pictures. Have you right. seen Johnny? Yep. Now you know, everyone's every reporter, single, right? So every single everywhere. phone will go exactly. off with an Amber Alert. Yep. That's right. crazy. Yep. He, and this, this technology is nuts because there's more cameras in this world everywhere, right? Yeah. You can't do anything without like p- three potential. The like there's 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 cameras here. And we got people, six in this room probably, right? Yeah. All our phones. Oh, yeah. Phones. This, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean we're, out, we're live right yeah, now, so I can't exactly. do anything crazy. Yeah. Side yeah. side <laughs> note, I just got a uh, a text. Is Paul wearing an Under Armour shirt? He looks like he's about to go run a race. <laughs> Paul doesn't run. <laughs> Who is that from? Who was that from? Right. Fan of the show. Fan of the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I look good. Man. I'm 38 years old, bitches. 
suck it. So no, what my point about this, my point about this is literally like I don't think he acted alone. I think he had pressure from above, and I don't think that guy's ever going to get clipped. This poor poor soul is going to spend ten years in prison. Or he was the fall man. That's what you I'm know? saying. I mean, but oh, yeah. again, it's yeah. it's kind of like look at like uh, you know Penn State, right? I, I watched uh, that movie with Al Pacino last night, but <laughs> mm. it's like, hey, he didn't actually do it, right? He didn't cook the books or do what he did himself, right? But he knew about it, right? right. Well, no, here's the deal, dude. If 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 I coax you to go murder someone, that murderer is going to go to jail, right? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's who pulled the trigger ultimately. Like if I convince you to do Murder's it, I might probably I'm, a bad example. Because you're going to jail too. Yeah. Well, I would, if you get would you? That's a win for us. So I hate yeah. bank rate. I hate bank yeah, rate too. You know, yeah, it's for just, sure. Uh, but that's the thing. I mean, to these younger college kids that are out there in these some of these smaller companies that have access to the books, that think that you're doing a big thing and trying to move up, and you're getting pressure to do something like this, don't do it. Technology to the guys' point, you're going to get caught, and yep. it's not worth it. You're going to go down. Yep. Leave the company. Would your mom always say to you, "Mom's always going to find out"? Yeah, one point or another, I'll always my find mom out, always right? found out. She, she always said that ass. to me, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe ten years from now, but I'll find out. Yep, you know it's true. I used to run out of the house for my mom because I knew she was going to like smack me or something. So I'd run out of the house into the neighborhood thinking, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm good." But what would happen is I would come back and she'd beat the shit out of me even worse. <laughs> I just don't like living with the fear of like, you know, someone going to find out. Right, the guilt yeah. makes it live a better life, yeah. <laughs> Listen, right? A lot, of, a lot of people cook the books out there, and I oh, think yeah. it's going to come out more and more. For I, sure. I mean, it's it's just there was um uh, really quick again. There's another topic yeah. we go down, but I I don't want to. It was a bank like UBS or one of those you know big like Barclays, like one yeah. of those big you know you're. They had text messages between each other, and again, don't quote me on who it was exactly, but. It could have been them to look it up, but they had text messages between each other about suppressing the silver price and doing and literally text between people that work oh, at, the bank, at the bank, yeah, at the you know at the companies and how they're suppressing the prices of those things yeah. right now. So you know, to your point, this is happening everywhere at all levels in all industries. It's not just banking yeah, or you know, this is finance, very indicative of, of our, you know, our it's, world. Yeah. It's so funny yeah. too because often you you know you think and you see like people in uh, like public figures or celebrities or whatever like. Like man, I, you know they must live such a different life. But dude, they got a they got a cell phone. They probably got a couple of them, right? Yep. And they have the ability to text message. I mean, shit. Our president has a Twitter. Yep. Exactly. Right? Oh, and it's kind of like, exactly. can you imagine reading their text? Imagine taking that away. <laughs> uh, before we go to the next topic, I just got a text. Sal's chest hair looks amazing. You just made that. You just made that up. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Next topic, boys. Um, End of the show, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, Caldwell Banker is going to be buying houses uh, off clients directly. So they're going to like do this direct buy thing where Zillow's doing it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of companies doing it now. Basically, where they're going to be saying, "Hey, uh, you want to you want to sell your house." It's it's worth a hundred ten maybe we'll give you a hundred thousand you just walk away from it. They also they're they're saying theirs theirs is different than Zillow and and Redfin and all these because they also offer you the ability to work with an agent. Um, I just see more and more of this happening where we're going to have like this marketplace where people just want to like offload their houses. Almost it's kind like, of smart, right? It's almost like mm-hmm. uh, consignment, right? Yeah, like hey, you could go to the dealer to trade your car in. Yeah, or you can sell yourself. On consignment for six percent commission. Yeah, yeah. right. That will take a while, or if you don't give a shit, trade it in. Let's go. Mm-hmm. That would have been a big. Yep. That would have been a way bigger deal four months ago when we were seeing all those contingent offers that we're getting laughed at, right? Because now I'm not contingent anymore because they're going to buy my house flat out. Now I have money 
there's a more contingency, right? Yes. I think <laughs> they're a little late to the game, but I also think that's a ton of risk for them. It's a ton of risk. I think it's weird. That Man. But I don't, think, I don't think they're late to the game. Here's the deal. As it gets harder to sell a house now, right? Yeah. It's harder to sell a house. Like my, my sister-in-law, they've got a, a higher-end house. It's like a $680,000 house. She's moving. She's a CEO. She's moving to Cleveland. Her house has been sitting on the market. That high-end market is not moving, right? Oh. And she needs to sell that house because she's literally living in Cleveland right now as a CEO. And she, they're like, well, we don't know how to do this. If they could just offload it for six fifty, right? They might do that. Well, and also I think that like for appraisers and real estate agents, you have to start thinking that, yeah. again, technology yeah, and data. Like, hey, there are AVMs coming out that will tell you a much more accurate value of your house that will be deemed reliable probably by Fannie Mae. At some point. So it's like, hey, Removing there the is appra- no yeah. appraisal. Yeah. This is what your house is worth. Right. Right? We'll, we'll give yeah. you 98%. And <laughs> that's what you could sell it for. So if you want to sell it, let's go. But what to you- your point, how how is how is the, how are these sales going to affect the an appraiser's opinion, market. right? Because yeah. they look at past sales. And if they're buying it below underpriced, well, there's underpriced yeah. right? Essentially yeah. 8% that a standard buyer or seller pays, right? You got your 2% mm-hmm. Or 6% commissions, then probably another 2% cost on top of that mm-hmm. baked into the price, right? Yep. It's all about what the buyer net or the seller nets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of companies coming out like that. A bunch a of lot. VC money behind stuff like right. that. I mean, the real estate's going to change for sure. I think the other question, part of that is like, what's, I mean, what's the stat? It's like 8% of people sell by owner, I think, something like that. I want to say, I think NAR usually says 8%. I mean, what's it, what does that look like? For like, is it going to be another eight percent or ten percent of people that do this? It's not going to be most people. I think right. everyone will still kind of you know. It depends if they perfect it. Well, it, yeah, everyone you know, right yeah. now is hundred years from now. I mean, people is all. I mean, if right? Amazon decided to do this and they made a five hundred dollars a sale and they did a million times, they see that as a profit. Yeah, I heard someone. I heard a rumor that they're trying to buy a Rocket Homes. No, or uh, not Rocket Homes. Uh, Rocket Mortgage. That's not happening. No. Zillow, I heard I mean, that. Uh, Amazon. I know for a one hundred percent. Who knows? That's not happening. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, yeah, that's but. Happening. Uh, again, they could, right? Bezos and, and Beast. And, uh, I'm sure. Don't just, count them out. What's, Beast is, what's he, your oh price, right? Right. You know, it's what's your savage. price to buy it? And ultimately, that's where everything's going. I mean, I guess. I mean, if someone I, offered you, there's right. a price for everything. Yeah, price for everything, right? Yeah. I mean, Bezos is like, I'll give you a hundred billion. Yeah, a hundred billion. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's where I think. Cole, I mean, well. someone could offer you six bucks for your shirt. You know what? Under <laughs> <laughs> the brand's worth at least six bucks, right? <laughs> I mean, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Sal. All right, all right. So here's here's where I I'm think kidding. Caldwell went a little wrong, right? Because like every every seller, every person, every homeowner thinks their house is the best on the block. Their house is worth more than anyone else. <laughs> I have the best shirt on. He, Paul has the best shirt on. How many people are going to be willing to take that? Uh, that much lower of a price when it, they think their house is that situational much already, brother. right? I give. I think it's gonna be are, a lot smaller than than. Listen, than if, it was, like, if it was eight percent, it's six or right. ten. Listen, that's where right, I go right, back. If right. this was a model that's no. not gonna work, companies like Zillow, Redfin, sh- Open Door, Offerbed, Perch, and Knock would not be well, getting I millions of dollars in VC it's, money. It's another. It's another branch for them, but I don't. I don't think it's gonna be a big one. It's gonna work for a small portion of people out there. Listen, traditional real estate is not changing. Right. Right. They'll definitely take a market share. How much you almost have to look at. Exactly. Like when you when you sell a car, right? I mean, who often, you know, unless it's like a one to five thousand dollar car, right? I mean, who's going to essentially go through the hassle of listing on Craigslist and wait, right? Nobody. Or you're gonna go trade it in, right? And essentially, that's the the cost you pay, right? 
to just take care of it, right? And that's kind of what you do with a realtor. It's easy. It's quick. You get what you need out of it. And if the deal makes sense, it makes sense. So I feel like that's apples to oranges, though, because cars, think about a typical person, how many times they buy a car in their life, right? You usually buy sure. one every three to five years. That's that's a lot of cars. Where a house, maybe three to four your lifetime, right? We'll see what happens. So today, obviously, the Fed meeting, look for that. Um, our show is over. Yeah. So real quick. It's all um, over. That's it. Fast. Yeah, that was quick. So uh, – um, Brandon, thank you very much. Tell the audience thank how they can get a hold of you. Uh, Legacy Group, front of the mic.mi.com. Legacy Group, mi.com. Um, email, you can email me, Brandon at Legacy Group, mi.com. Go Gary V style, just give out my email. Absolutely. And uh, Instagram, you know, usual places. Yeah. What Search product are you using? What is, what is the product that you're using? Oh, this? Yeah. This is uh, like Redken hairspray. Redken. Yeah. Got it. Spray. It's a, it's hairspray. Red, it's Redfin. Spray. <laughs> no, I've, I've gone to the spray. I've gone to the spray yeah. because, like, the gel, everything, just, like, being it's a rocky, it runs in my eyes, and, like, I'm just getting all, yeah, ugh, so hurts. I like the light feeling of the hairspray. Okay. I love it. Very good. Enough of that. So, uh, <laughs> product, product so we uh, we started a new Facebook page. It's IR, at IRE Podcast. Yep. Uh, we're going to have a new website. Uh, it's going to be IREpodcast.com. Yep. Uh, find us on Stitcher, iTunes. Google Play. Uh, the podcast Detroit app, Detroit, Google Play, Google Play YouTube, Facebook, YouTube, Facebook, Facebook. Uh, you can go to our Omega lending page. Milk cartons. Milk cartons. What else? Where else are we? Uh, uh, we've got we don't try, have, trying to get into Trump's the strip club. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> We're trying to get All everywhere. Right. All right, guys. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> our show. God bless. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.